Welcome everybody to Bobby Talks. Dot, dot, dot. Those dots are there to tell you that there's always more to the story. And today's story is All Bets Are Final. I'm sitting here with the host of All Bets Are Final podcast. I'm sitting here with Josh Long, Dylan Holt, Ben Kozab sitting out there. He's on location right now. Uh, ben, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, location uh, is not preferred because if all preferences were final, just like all bets are, we would be in Adrian, Michigan, alongside of you. I, I've wanted to check out the studio for a while. So at least thanks for having me on location. Hey, man, we have no idea at home if they're hearing you, not hearing you, if they're just staring <laughs> at your pretty face. This is a absolute bit of nightmare as far as technology goes for me. But it could be a huge success, too. Dylan Holt, how you doing, man? Uh, great. Um, on our podcast, we came out and said that we were going to show up on the show and ruin absolutely everything that you've worked so hard to build. Yeah, yep. mission accomplished. Guys. Yeah, I think we've done that. So uh, yep. mission accomplished, like you said, we're good. Uh, and we'll hit record there. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to throw that one back up there. Uh, Josh Long, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing really good. We're good. We really appreciate you having us on here. Hey man, this is uh, something that I, when I started the show, the whole idea for this was like interesting people doing interesting things, right? Uh, I'm born, raised, Adrian, Michigan. And most of us are or have been around the area. Um, mm -hmm. Ben, I don't know too much about your upbringing. Where were you? Are you born and raised in Adrian, Michigan? Where, what, what's your story? No, I, I grew up in East Detroit. It's now okay. the fun name of East Point. They changed it years ago because they wanted to lose the Detroit aspect to be attractive to new businesses. Okay. I don't know if that makes any sense. All It seems like all the best businesses in town are still carrying the East Detroit moniker. So we'll roll with that. But I grew up here, uh, found myself to Siena Heights University somehow. Don't know. You know, I, I remember the story, but it's not worth the podcast time. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Adrian became a second home and I was out there for a long time. I met Josh. Subsequently, I met you and, uh, and Mr. Holt and, uh, life has been great. Now I, now I reside in Palm beach, Florida, but I'm looking at the cloudy skies of Detroit, Michigan at the moment. So, so Ben moved away from the three, one, three. Did you ever get to claim the D three, one, three? No, we were we were the eight one zero. So that <laughs> that like rap line in eight wow. mile, where he's like, we're back in the eight one zero now. You know, it's like, oh. Well, like I said, so we were on the other side this, of the line. The whole reason for this was just to kind of like, we're we're pursuing some, you know, and it, and I think it's fun. It's we we finally found a way to do things that you don't have to be, you know, in Hollywood, California, or in you know number one city in the world, New York. Like we're finding a way to do it from our hometowns of Adrian, Michigan and enjoy the hell out of this thing. So mm -hmm. Josh, Dylan, Ben, I know you probably have a drink of choice there. We're going to keep things in tradition here for the All Bets for Final podcast. I know you guys always do like a, a drink of the <laughs> of the show. So we'll start with Dylan. What you drinking? Where it's, where's it from, man? Uh, listeners of our show will know that I am fond of Michigan brews. Um, almost exclusively is what I go for is Michigan brews. And this is a returner for me. It's a uh, Ice Cream Man. It's a Kettle Sour Ale from Royal Oak Brewing Company. I'm sorry, Roke Brewing Company out of Royal Oak, Michigan. I used to live there. That's nice, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ritzy area. Yeah, I know. Oh, fancy. fancy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one place that my wife wants to move back to if we ever come back to Michigan. Well, I think you need to. Yeah, that needs to happen. Former home of Robert Gifford and Matthew Stafford, so I don't see how you could go wrong then. 
That's right. One of them oh, is going to be a Hall there. of Fame quarterback. The other one isn't. But you don't think Matthew Stafford's going to make the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if he will. Josh, what are you drinking, man? Uh, so uh, last week on our episode, we introduced uh, Ben introduced the Brink, and and so I said, well, hey, that might be our new official drink of the podcast. So I introduced the Brink, and it's uh, gin, uh, Sprite, and orange juice for the color. You even have like a fancy stirring straw there. Oh, it's, Josh is a mixologist. Make, you, you didn't know hey, about this? So taking the – when I had my shoulder surgery done, okay, um, I was like watching YouTube videos, and one of these guys is how to drink on YouTube. And he takes game, games and the drinks that are in the games and makes them in real life. So really? I got caught on Fallout's uh, sarsaparilla drink, and I was like, and he makes it so you 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 can do it yourself. He like he, he encourages you that this is so easy for you to do. So I was like, well, I got nothing else to do. I could barely wipe my own ass with my right arm. So <laughs> might as well take up this. So I got myself a shaker. There's thirty bucks on Amazon, like a whole kit, and uh, started making it. So I'm I'm the I guess I'm the pod mixologist. I like it. Absolutely, I like it. Ben, what are you drinking down there or up there? Right so. Now? So the benefit of being in Michigan is I can dabble in some of the stuff that, that Dylan likes too. I've got a milkshake stout from Rochester Mills Brewery. Happens nice. to be my fam- favorite Michigan brewery uh, drink of choice. They also make an amazing red. Um, so so we're going classy tonight in my re- parents' red lobster glass. <laughs> <laughs> Did they buy or they take it? I, you know, I don't know, but it's got a lobster carrying a football, and it's called tailback. Works for me. So yeah, I don't know a, if somewhere that's, there's you know. a red lobster looking for their glass. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, hold it up to the. There you go. I like it. Uh, I'm just I'm rocking the Michigan Brewing Company or Brewing Company Fago <laughs> Fago Root Beer. Definitely not Brewing Company. Hey yo. Based company. Um, I buy these locally at Nova's, which is great. Uh, it's just a local little shop here that has a bunch of different styles of root beer. I tend to go with the Fago because it's Michigan made, but sure, that's just the way we like to roll. Um, okay, so let's talk to our viewers here a little bit. All bets are final podcast. You guys are about 20 episodes into this thing now. I think you just had your 21st episode. Is that correct? Yes. All right. What's great about your show is it's fun. It's light. You have an international audience when it comes to your one German. <laughs> Thank listener. you, German listener. Thank you. I hope I can get and use some of your fame and cross over to the, to the German community there. Um, we're going to touch on some things on this show. I know you guys are a little more light. I like to talk sure. uh, about the subjects at hand right now. And in the sports world, there's a lot of things that are play. We're talking the Olympics just happened. We're talking football's on its way up. Baseball's well into the after the all-star break. Basketball just ended. Um, transgender athletes, and this is where we'll go here soon. But we'll also touch on the likeliness um, bill that was just or legislation that was just passed in California where if you're an athlete out there now, you, they can use your likeliness and you can get paid for it. Um, a lot of things to touch on. I just kind of wanted to get uh, – um, some thoughts on those big topics, if we can, mm-hmm. so to speak, um, because you guys are running a sports show. I know it says unsolicited advice and unqual or uns- <laughs> you guys give the tagline. Uh, all bets are final. We uh, give unsolicited sports advice and unqualified um, betting. Or, I'm sorry, unsolicited sports <laughs> opinions and <laughs> unqualified <laughs> betting advice. That's right. That's right. I, we um, don't we don't know our own show. No. <laughs> That's hey, dude. I, I'm almost thirty episodes, and actually, you guys are number thirty. 
You are number 30 are we, today. Oh, hey. This is going to be fun. All right. Fantastic. Um, Dylan and I were uh, doing some research today. And Ben, I don't know if you were privy to what we're going to talk about on the, today's show, but uh, I, I'd like to start with the Olympics and some of the uh, transgender um, kind of topics that are issues that are taking place in the Olympics. But let's start there. And then I kind of want to see how we can trickle it down to the high school area, right? So I want your initial thoughts before you go into deep into the research, okay? Josh, we're going to start with you. What's your initial thoughts on just trend, transgender athletes in the Olympics, all right? Uh, I don't know much about the subject uh, of, of transgender um, issues, but I do know that if it's something that you are called to do in your mind, and if we believe in America that this is, this is the land that you can be whatever you want to be and however you want to be, then you go ahead and do it. And um, so I'm just not well purviewed into the, to the, into the transgender issue. And I really don't want to do a disservice to your viewers or to our own. So it is something that I need to do better research on. And I, we do have a personal case in our family of uh, transgenderism. So it's something that's ever evolving for me. So if we were to look at some of the, um, I guess the issues at hand, right? If you were to look at it just from the top surface, let's say we take an example of male, biological male. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then not talking, not talking gender, just talking sex, right? Biological male means born male and transitioning now to a female. Now that would be transitioning from the biological sex to the female gender. Mm -hmm. Okay. There still have advantages and right now the ioc the uh olympic committee is allowing transgender in that realm okay. to take place dylan your initial thoughts on that um there are things i know that the ioc has put into place uh you have to have lower testosterone levels you know for i think 12 months they test you for 12 months and they have to continually go down and you can't compete in the Olympics until a minimum of four years after you've transitioned. Uh, those are going to lower your testosterone levels. They're going to, you know, kind of scale back a lot of the biological advantages that um, you have over, especially men, that men that transition have over cis females. But, you know, lowering your testosterone levels aren't going to shrink you. They're not going to make you go from a six foot 10 basketball player the, down, right down to six foot six. You're you talking know, muscle density. You're mm -hmm. talking, you know, bone structure, everything. Your physical makeup is still going to be relatively the same, but there are a lot of hormone levels that get decreased with the testosterone and it does bring your performance back down to what normal cis females are. So let's give an example, Ben, before we get your initial reaction, uh, uh, Dylan and I were talking about in New Zealand, they just have a weightlifter out there that was just in the Olympics. And this is a transgender um, female now, um, Laurel Hubbard. Yes. I believe we got the name right this time. Yes, around, we right? did this time. Laurel Hubbard was a professional uh, weightlifter um, for about almost 20 years uh, in the, um, well, that, no, no, I, I did not, that's not correct. Uh, back in 2001. 
Yes. Okay. Decided, and that was as a man, competing as a man. Decided yes. to take some time off 15 years later, started getting back into it. And then now, um, Laura Hubbard transitioned to a female, did do the uh, the estrogen or the decrease in testosterone, yes. and started competing in this Olympics as a, a power lifter. Now, the interesting thing about Laura Hubbard was she did not advance past the opening weight. No. Oh, okay. She did not have one successful lift. One successful lift of 120 uh, kilograms. Correct. A lot of people are barking whether or not she failed on purpose so that that message in the narrative would have been controlled. Mm. I, I'm just saying that that is something that that is a byproduct of something that you have to deal with both the good and the bad. Yes, it is. Coming out as transgender, it's, you know, for a lot of these people, going to put a, targets on, a target on their back. And sadly, you know, in this day and age, for a lot of people, they're not going to be able to win no matter what happens. Right. If they win a medal, you know, that would be absolutely history-making. But you're going to have half people saying that, well, they don't deserve it. Right. Or, in the case mm -hmm. of Laurel Hubbard, if you fail... You know, people are saying either you did it on purpose or, right. you know, they're happy because you failed. Right. You know, Ben, what's your initial reaction to the transgender athletes in the Olympics? See, for me, it's a little tough because uh, part of it is I, I might not necessarily understand the true process and the nature behind it all and, like, how it happens and, and how it starts, how it begins, even before they get to – become an athlete, right? Like, where are they at? And that sort of stuff. Like, I, I don't necessarily understand a lot of that. Um, and not, not an understanding because I, I, I choose not to. It's just like, I, like, I just like, it's not, you know, we've got, I've got friends, you know, that have and gone through process and stuff like that, but I just don't under, I can't empathize, I guess, um, because I, I've never been in that scenario. Now with the, with the Olympics and things of that nature, uh, it's 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 kind of goofy because we're in the introductory phase. Like this is probably the first time we're really seeing it, you know, um, or at least it's been in this public attention because the whole athlete, um, you know, opportunity has has really been in the limelight the past few years, and there's been plenty of debate out there of what's what and this is this is it, and like Dylan said, it's almost like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like you win we hate you, you lose, we hate you. Like, what do you do? You know, that, and for somebody who's already going through so much to kind of put that spin on them, um, to me is a little unfair, but at the same time, when it comes to athletics, listen, like, let's break it down. There are female right now, non-transgendered female athletes that are more efficient and better in their sport than male athletes and vice versa, obviously. And, you know, you could talk genetic makeup and all that stuff like that. But if you could shoot a three pointer, I don't care if you're six foot five, you know what I mean? If you can shoot a three point shot all day, that's great. I can't. So who am I to judge? <laughs> right. So, um, so in, in that sense, like it, it's going to be an evolution and it's going to be a bumpy road. I don't necessarily oppose it. Um, unless there's something that comes out, you know, that they can genetically prove that uh, the evolution is, is, is off track with this and it's going to be, you know, it's not a fair competition anymore. But well, I don't have there, any ben. evidence to there. support that. 
let me stop you there because there is okay. we do have enough science right now as we speak that can tell you some scientific facts so let's just take it from a fact standpoint right here's what we okay. do know even uh athletes transgender athletes that have made the transition um cannot dispute these simple facts okay if you're just talking in the the sense of a uh, traditional male okay a biological male um transitioning to the gender female um here's things you do know the hand size is different the bone right. structure you can't change after puberty right. what they call the morph morphology section of it uh that can't be changed back uh the muscle density is different um did you have any others that you could add to that um i know with the the higher testosterone uh has something a high level of hemoglobin which carries oxygen in your blood system and until you fully transitioned for over the course of i believe it's a year and a half to two years you know like uh, long distance runners they will see an advantage being biologically male or being born biologically male over people who are born biologically female just because they have the higher testosterone and more hemoglobin which means more oxygen to your lungs and your bloodstream. It'll help you go further faster. So what they're saying essentially is, is that there is a small advantage for a transgender athlete or uh, uh, female competing with a biological female athlete. My point then, and this is where I come in, because I was a athletic director for the last six years. I'm a head coach. Um, I haven't coached uh, girls in, in the traditional realm yet, but if that was to take place this would be my my stance and this is a tough one because you know not that i'm here to ask you guys to take stance i'm just asking the, yeah. the general thoughts of it because this is happening right? mm -hmm. and, absolutely yes and not only is it happening it's i think we are all tolerant and all wanting to be inclusive yes the issue is and it's even more of an issue at the high school level than it is at the olympics if mm -hmm. the olympics can figure out a way to get this right it's going to be very difficult for the high schools to ever get this right. And I'll tell you what my point is on that in a minute. If I'm a transgender female athlete, I have to have some bit semblance of humility in the sense of I, I, it's almost narcissism to think that it's okay to compete with female athletes. And why? Because of all the reasons we just said. Since we know they do have a small advantage when they make that transition over, it's it's not fair for these females. Did you hear that? Yeah. What was that? It was like the cicadas. Yeah, it's weird. Like, do you have like an animal attacking you, Ben? Hold on a second. Well, here, let me mute my mic. Let me go look because I don't want to interrupt the show. All right, you go and ahead. Let me go We're figure it out. But I hear. Are you talking about that high pitch like squeal? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. way off in the distance, and and here's we a shout out to Apple. We don't. Uh, these AirPods are picking that up, so that's okay. great. Anyways, uh, I could still hear it though. I don't hear it anymore. So no. Uh, the biggest. I thing mean, is, I am in Detroit, so you know, all all, all things are <laughs> off the table. So you know, or on the table. Detroit, so you know that for sure. Uh, but the point being is this: is that you you, you kind of have this this unfair advantage that we acknowledge exists. So then, yeah. how can we? Since we know it exists, how can we consciously say it's okay for them to compete in that realm? What you hope happens is they can organize it 
enough ahead of time so that transgender athletes are competing against transgender athletes. The problem with that is, is there's not enough of the transgender athletes, let's say on water polo, to formulate a country to compete against another country, right? Yeah. So that brings a challenge of its own right. How do you fix that? How do you make it inclusive, but yet deny them that opportunity? Because I feel like they need their own pool of, 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 of athletes to compete against. That's interesting because I, I remember when you were Waldron, uh, the Waldron football team went to uh, like what, seven on seven? Yeah. And because mm-hmm. you guys didn't have enough players. Mm-hmm. So maybe you start small like that. Just have Well, they went to eight man football. Eight man football? Right. Okay. Start small like that until it continues to grow. And then maybe eventually it does. You're right. But what do you do with the current transgender athletes? Like Laurel Hubbard is fine because uh, she is competing in an individual sport. But when you're a current transgender soccer goalie or bot, well, boxing, but soccer goalie or water polo or anything of that nature, that's a team concept and you don't have enough players around. How do you tackle that situation? I think we look at right now, Team Canada, um, soccer. They just won the gold in the Olympics, and it featured a transgender athlete. Uh, They go by Quinn. I believe they use they, them pronouns. Okay. And they go by Quinn. Uh, Canada won the gold, but just because Quinn was a transgender athlete, you know, born male, they didn't dominate the field. They had zero goals, zero assists. I'm not saying that they were inconsequential in Canada's win. Right. But they didn't dominate the entire field just because they were born male. It's, you know, if you're in a team sport, I think we all three know this. We all three participated in team sports. If you have one uh, standout athlete, we'll say, who was born male and is transitioning to female, it still doesn't guarantee a win. It still doesn't mean they're going to dominate the competition. No, it doesn't mean dominate. But let me ask you this. If you break it down just by um, roles, mm-hmm. right? So they, uh, Quinn? Yes, Quinn. Quinn is defending Jill. Mm-hmm. Quinn, maybe maybe Quinn didn't score, but maybe Jill didn't score either, where maybe Jill does score traditionally or uh, statistically or whatever, and Quinn was able to shut that. I, I'm just saying because if we acknowledge that there is a small advantage. Mm-hmm. Because would, of how they were born. Right. Okay. Um, how can we... Josh is defending me in basketball. Right. Um, I would say, I mean, we're not standing up right now on camera. Um, I am all of five foot ten. Josh, how, how tall are you? Six two. Okay. Um, Josh is born with a pretty big advantage sure. over me. You deal with it. Right. I deal right. with it. I find ways yeah. around it. Yes. However, if, if, yes, in the male gender, female gender, if you just take female gender versus male gender, mm-hmm. all right, there's a reasons that we don't have a lot of mixed sports as it is, Correct. right? Because there is an advantage. There's right. a biological advantage that does take place. Right. So now if you cross that over, Yes, you can decrease the amount of hormones there over a mm-hmm. span of time. But like we talked about with the bone density or the muscle density, the bone structure, and all those slight advantages that stay there. Now you are it's not necessarily apples to apples. It's apples to oranges because of that. It can be if you're still talking about bone structure, Josh. I mean, how tall is your wife? She's 5'11". My wife 
is five foot zero. Right. Right there. That's 11 inches difference right now. Right. Between, again, the same sex. What if it, what well, does it matter? If now, it's if Josh, sex? if Josh, mm-hmm. hear me here. Okay. If Josh makes a transition yes. to become a, uh, um, a, a transgender athlete okay. and is now guarding your wife. Then he has 14 inches instead of 11. It is what it is. It's not what it is. Though. I will I mean, at this point. There are <laughs> men out there too. No, no, no. of course. If I go but, up against Candace yeah, Parker, right? I mean, it's I'm, that it's she's going to have a large then, advantage. Then on Dylan me. and I want Ben to chime in here. Then Dylan, why don't we do that now? Why don't we just mix sports now? There's, Doesn't that just make it a moot point? Uh, we can. Michelle, we tried it when she was 13. She went out for the PGA. If they would have. Again, held, individual held sport. Talking more uh, team oriented here. Go ahead, Josh. Who is the, uh, who, in the little league world? Don't series? they do? Don't they do mixed doubles in tennis? They do. Okay. Okay. And I would tell you right now, Venus and Serena, when they go up against a lot of the guys, and sometimes they do these crossover matches for charity and stuff like that. Those girls can show up and play. Any of you have daughters? I do. Dylan. I do. Your daughter's buddy. Uh, my daughter is ten years old. Okay. Does she like sports? She loves sports. Would you be okay with a another ten year old, or let's just go a little deeper to where mm-hmm. sports get a little bit more um, meaningful with um, because of the time high I put school. into it. Mm-hmm. High school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your daughter has fought her butt off to make a basketball team. Mm-hmm. You've seen the progress from your freshman year to senior year mm-hmm. and a student uh, on the male side uh, decided that they were going to transition over. It takes your daughter's starting spot that she worked so hard for. Would you just let that go? Would that be okay? I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on you, Dylan. No, I no, just, no. You have girls. I, 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 just love wanna, I love this open discussion. I'm I just feel like these are the things that it's politically correct to answer the way we are, but because it's just like anything, what we want, especially at the Olympic level, we want fair competition as Absolutely. best as we can. Bring all your skill set, bring all your work ethic to the table, but we want fair competition. Now, when we, whether we stack the debt slightly or more, it's still a stacked deck in a sense. Mm-hmm. And we're saying we should still continue to play at that? My daughter is 10 years old. Okay. She plays travel hockey. Okay. On a boys team. Right. But- my, my daughter has gone up in her hockey career uh, four years now. She has gone up against maybe 12 other girls in the teams that she's played. Right. And my daughter's on the first line. She earns those spots. If someone transitioned over and took her starting spot, I would tell her that that should motivate her. That person right there would be someone to look up to because they have the courage to come out. You know, I I was going to wait to get into this, but statistically speaking... Only like 30% of kids right now try out for athletics. Right. Which is a conversation in its own right. Transgender kids are one-sixth as likely to try out for athletics. Sure. Absolutely. It's the humiliation that that they feel that they're going to get. Right. Because they will be ridiculed. They will be made fun of. But I also think it's the lack of preparation on the adult side now. And it's not necessarily lack. It's just it's new. We're faced with it now. Right. Right. That we have to organize it. 
so that yeah. those numbers increase because we want those numbers to increase. Right. Ben, do you want to say something here? I feel like we've been neglecting you here because uh, I want to come back to stats with Dylan here. And then we'll move well, on to the next I, I, I don't feel – I feel like the Olympics is an unfair comparison because, like discussed, the, they, there's four years of of uh, uh, of um, transitioning that has to take place and testing levels and all that stuff like that. So I think by that point, that's already – that's already probably a mute, and that might be the best example that we have to go with to make it as fair as it possibly could. However, you don't have four years at the high school level, right? And this is probably the most impressionable time that you have with these kids. So it's hard to say one one way or the other is best. From a parent, yes, obviously you can look on and say that might be unfair. What parent doesn't say anything is unfair about their yeah. kids' sports, whether it's the ref, the coach, the travel, the BS, all that stuff. There's always some lady in yeah, a minivan complaining about it. Kid hits youth sports, Ben. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those, hey, those were my parents. You know, I wasn't the best hockey player when I was playing. And that was roller hockey. That wasn't even anything significant, right? So, like, you know, there was I, – I played on a team for a whole year and barely saw any, any time. And uh, we went 19-1 and one in the regular season and lost in the championship match or the best of three or best of five uh, series or whatever because uh, we played line one the entire game and they were exhausted. We got outworked like because we had bad coaching. So, like, I get it. However, you know, you, statistics aside, I'll let you guys dig into that stuff because you're probably more knowledgeable on it than me. If I am a coach, from a coaching perspective, and you're trying to build the culture of inclusion, build uh, around uh, team sports and things of that nature. It's attractive as an opportunity for me as a coach to integrate that, not because we can win, but because this is what the kids deserve, right? It's for the kids. Now, the political parenting administration side of things, I can definitely see where the heat is. You know what I mean? How do you justify necessarily the, the equality there if we just, to be equal, we tip the scales the other way? So, But who's representing like, the female athletes in this, in this conversation? If, if, well, I, see, I, I understand what you're saying. But the, I, the cisgendered females. So, like, the what? The cisgendered, the, the biologically the bi born yes, females. The biologi yeah, apologize. Yeah, thank you. The biologically born females who don't have those small advantages in that transition period, who's representing them? And I feel like, and here's, here's another statistic to talk about, um, is that one of the things they talk about is in, ath or in athletics. And Josh, you can speak of this because you were born a freak, right? You were six foot two. <laughs> you're a monster, right? I, I just remember like you on a basketball court in seventh grade and us being like, who's this point guard? <laughs> I mean, he had his hair parted. I mean, it was just hey. like he was a beautiful man, but he was a grown man playing, a, playing against middle school kids. And he did very, very well. The, here, the, the statistic I want to get into, though, is, is that in athletics, a 1% difference can make or break everything, right? There's a 1% difference between Usain Bolt and the next closest uh, sprinter, right? Mm -hmm. If Usain Bolt was to transition now and want to compete in the Olympics next year, he would shatter every female record that ever existed. He'd have to wait four years. Well, no, it's not four years. It's two years. 
they they changed it. It originally was four years. I know okay. why you're saying it. They changed that. It was it's to two oh, okay. years. But the statistics I wanted to show you was that you go back to that one percent though, and where things tend to change with youth sports is when boys start hitting puberty. Yes. So yep. I would be curious, and I hope that your whatever path that your daughter wants to take, mm -hmm. she's able to do so. Um, and, and if it ends up that she, you know, dominates all the boys, I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah, I would too. But what it's happening is, is they say statistically, females, biologically born females and biologically born males, up until about the age of 11 or 12, are about the same. Yeah, there's no discernible difference until puberty. And then puberty hits. Yes. And then that's when the difference comes in. So I'd be Correct. curious. I'd be curious how... Your, your daughter makes a transition. I, I root for her. I really do. Uh, there is actually, in our local uh, hockey team, the Lenaway United, there is a female who is actually an alternate captain on that team. Really? Yes. Interesting. And she plays pretty on an all-men's team, an all-boys team. Uh, she was varsity last year, and I believe if she didn't graduate, I know she'll be varsity again this year, possibly nice. fighting for the captaincy. You know, another interesting thing to go off of what he just said, guys, is that uh, because that's an outlier. It is an that, outlier. That is not I will give you that. It is right. an outlier. That's absolutely. an outlier. Uh, to see how much testosterone is in uh, her system. Not because she, but just on the spectrum of testosterone, some female-born athletes. Sure. Yes. Right, have I'm them. the sprinter from South Africa uh, yeah. years ago. She was punished for having high testosterone levels, even though yes. she was born a female. Born, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a big uproar that she was allowed to compete with the females. She was born female. Oscar Pistorius. If you remember him, he was originally shut down. We're talking Blade Runner. Yes. You guys remember him? He, I believe he was South Africa too, Ben. Yes, he was. Ben, you know who he is? Yes. He shot his girlfriend. Killed her through a bathroom. Yes. Yep. That's the yeah. One. yeah. That's the oh. one. But the Olympics, he um, would not allow him to compete in the irregular Olympics because it gave him a 25%. Um, well, I don't know. That, that's a misspeak. There was something where he had less, 25% less um, fatigue yes. because he didn't have his lower limbs. Because the energy transfer from the blood. Energy transfer. Thank you so much. Um, that He ended up fighting that because then they talked about the turns in the 400 meter and how mm -hmm. that gave him such a disadvantage. So his net gain overall was not. Yes. So they allowed it. But his, his gain on the straightaways was so much more that he lost that original um, – um, challenge. I just think it's interesting to talk about, but we just go ahead. Real quick, I, I just okay. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about uh, one of the leaders in this movement right now is Joanna Harper. She's a PhD researcher out of I have it here, uh, Lowborough University. Okay. She was one of the top male distance runners uh, in the country of Canada. She transitioned nine years ago. While making her transition, she noticed that while she was going through the hormone therapy, uh, she tracked her times and they consistently went down. After a year, she lost, she was running 12% slower than when she was- When she was dominating. Than when she was male. Gotcha. So she started a re research group among trans runners. And the females, the trans females, dropped an average out of eight females after one year, dropped an average of 11% in one year in one year is it plateau it does do you know the difference between the top elite male and female distance runners and times in that sport yes uh is what like uh 0.05 oh it's around uh actually the time the total times and everything oh you're talking the actual time yes it's around 11% yeah 
Yeah. So after she transitioned, she went from being one of the top male runners in the country to one of the top female runners. So that's, that's where right. the question okay. really is where we all kind of probably will stop is how much more advanced can the hormone hormone technology and hormone um, uh, uh, statistics that we get, mm -hmm. we, we just got to get further down the road there. I wanted to spend a lot more time on like high schools and how they're always the last to be able to change all these things. For everything. And it's going to continue to be that way, and I don't know how to make that better, but we'll do that for another day. Um, one of the questions I had was, how much do testosterone levels play a part in biological strength or strength in general? Yeah, strength, mm -hmm. strength um, and endurance are closely related. Yeah. yeah. So, but we'll transition. We'll get Josh involved here on a subject that he knows a lot about. And we'll transition, is, really? Yeah. But, well. But. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Josh. Yeah. What'd you think of the law that was passed this uh, this summer with uh, California and the likeliness ban? I I I. I Are agree. you for this? You're all for this. I'm all for this. I mean, I think I think you're going to limit uh, a certain college student. If we're going to call them student athletes, they're student first, right? So if you're going to start limiting to that, they can't make money on their image and likeness. But in the same sense that the, uh, another another college student that went to that university can with a social media platform because they got an academic scholarship or whatnot. I think this is the best move you can make. And I, I, I know there's some there's some issues where people think it's going to ruin college sports. I, I really don't think it is. You don't see any path how that could happen. I, I mean, I, I just don't I, – I don't think it – I think what at the surface level, I think is where everyone's getting stuck at. Okay. And we're not looking like beneath the surface. Let's just start with what you, the way you started the conversation. You said, uh, you, you talked about, um, student athletes, yeah. right? Doesn't the term student imply that they are that first? Mm -hmm. Okay. Are we going to open this then to other realms if they can make money themselves. So it's not just athletics, correct? So if I'm a, uh, a medical marvel, right, and I can somehow change, use my likeliness to make money, that's acceptable. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You're on mm -hmm. board with that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because sometimes people get stuck up on just the athletic side of things, too. No, I well, mean, well wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Go ahead. I, I, need to, I, I need to jump in there. Can you explain to me what do you mean by medical marvel? This is a student who is a medical marvel? Yes. Let's just say for whatever reason, they pick up on concepts really quickly uh, during, you know, whatever it'd be an internship or whatever. But if they're still under the status of a uh, student at whatever institution, um, would they be able to position themselves to make money, um, whether it be a commercial, whether it be sponsorship, whether it be fund, whatever. I don't not fundraisers, not that, but whatever well, the, I, way they can use. I would probably have them. to I would have to argue that that would be known void because until they're licensed. In the medical field, their opinions are irrelevant. But if they wanted to somehow be in a commercial of Subway because they are got a podcast, I don't know. I'm just saying, if they're, I mean, go ahead. Well, I will levy on the on the side of capitalism in that point and agree that say, listen, if you're if you're able to go make money because people want to buy what you're selling, go for it. You know, if, so I, I couldn't imagine Subway popping them a contract to do a commercial because you're just a student. Or maybe they're doing an expose on students. I don't know, but like that's that's a different realm. You Let's know, just say that there's uh, a pathway for them to do it. If it's possible for them to do it, you're okay with. If it's possible, listen, you well, can go right? get. You can go make money. Go make money. Like yeah. people are doing crazier things for 
for cash these days than they ever been. You know, there's a, there's some fancy websites and apps you can download and for 25 bucks a month, you can see them in their underwear. You know, like thank you for subscribing to my OnlyFans page, Ben. I forgot to tell you that You're off welcome. camera, but I really appreciate <laughs> Dylan, it. Dylan, did you want to plug that well, right now? Well, I had to be the one, you know, I had to be the one. <laughs> you would think there's only one. Um, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> after right, this let episode. Me, let me kind of uh, give you, play devil's advocate for a second, okay? I have fought against this for a long time, only in the sense of like the purity that is college football or college sports, right? Now, you can argue with me a long time ago that the purity of that went away a long time ago because it's a business. Can't deny you, they make millions of dollars off these kids. Now, what I want them to do is just call it what it is. Get the student out of there altogether. Just call it right away. Call it a minor league system for the next sport. Let's just let's just talk college football. Oh, it's absolutely what it is. It's absolutely what it is. So call it a minor league system for that and get the student portion of it out mm -hmm. of there altogether because what what I don't like if you look at the NFL, why is all my stuff going away? There we go. If you look at the NFL, mission accomplished. Jeez, yeah. Pete's man. <laughs> uh, if you look at the NFL in the early in its early stages, coach gets paid more than the players, coach has more influence, therefore Players don't act the fool. Coach has power of the team. You guys like that model? No. No. Okay. No. Let's just follow me. Entertain me here. For Absolutely. A I'd love to. You don't like that model. Josh, what about you? Repeat it. What was it? In the early adoption of the NFL, yeah. coach got paid more than the players, had the power. Players don't act the fool. There's no really act up on it. Do you like that model? Mm, not so much. You don't get a lot of Terrell Owens, you know, showing up people in the end zone because the coach is going to go ham on his ass if that's the case right hey it was entertainment man entertainment is the word we're looking for <laughs> ben do you like that model you know i do like that model you do like that model that i do pounces. It, I, just just so you know it's natural for me to be the be the opposition on this podcast and be the heel Oh, you're the heel. I, I thought I thought Dylan was the is this heel. A, is this a switch? Uh, last couple of weeks, he we had kind of like a double turn. So, okay, I was the face. I made a heel turn. Apparently, I'm being taken over again. So, uh, I would advocate that 18, 19, 20 year old kid coming into college uh, still needs direction in life. Me, oh, me, oh. when I was 32, still needed direction in life. Okay, don't get me wrong. I, I like the NIL. I like them being able to profit off their likeness and their name. I am absolutely here to watch the world burn when oh, you wow. give an 18-year-old quarterback $825,000. I am here for that chaos. <laughs> I am absolutely not. <laughs> there is already um, I'm gonna, chaos as it listen, is. Like, I... This is where the power of the school, and I think, well, I don't know if you were getting to there, Robert, and if you are, I will shut up. Well, let me just, all right, let me continue down, right? Because I haven't- You continue, really and then I'll jump. On it. I'm just playing devil's advocate for the second, right? So we can get some, get some context on this show. Um, if in the next case, if you go down to the schools, where in this case, the coach has all the power at the college level, okay? Paid more than all those players, sometimes paid more than NFL players, right? I mean, you got Jim Harbaugh who's getting paid $9 million there, right? Producing nothing. That's a side topic for another show, but anyways. Yes. 
nine yes. million dollars. Okay, there's not one player getting paid at this moment because it's not passing Michigan. However, you start that 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 change. You know, whether it's two thousand dollars you can gather, ten thousand dollars doesn't matter. Once it's in place, the number will change over time. Can we mm-hmm. all agree on that? Absolutely. Okay. It, to a point where we eventually get to the first million dollar college athlete, maybe 20 years down the road, but it will be here. It will be Alabama's quarterback next year. <laughs> He's already got $825,000. Yeah. Well, it's just coming, right? Yes. There's nothing you can do about it. How does that then change the dynamic of college football and everything that you love about college football? The, the specialness, the purity, the fan interaction, it will all, in my opinion, and this is my take, I'm not saying they shouldn't get paid, but you've got a twofold problem. One, are you going to pay every player on the team? Because maybe third string right guard, nobody gives a shit about, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not moving the needle for anybody. Mm-hmm. But does are we going to do like a Title IX type thing where it's everybody gets paid? Or are we doing just that individual likeliness, which is what they probably should do, Nobody cares about that third string right guard, then he doesn't get paid. But then the quarterback who's getting paid $825,000 is somehow supposed to be at the same level and treated with the same respect as the third string right guard and day-to-day practices at 18, 19, and 20 years old. How does a coach control that environment? And why would you want that to be the new college football? Can I ask you a question? Because yeah, I know you ahead. are a coach and yeah. I, I don't want to call you out or anything. Go ahead you have a quarterback that you could possibly go D1, D2. Sure. He's lighting it up out there. Right. He's got influence and yes. leverage and yes. all that. It already exists. He's also got a friend who's your second string right guard, might see four or five plays a game. Do you treat him the same in practice? You do. You do. You do. I, well, I do. Okay. I coach basketball. <laughs> but, well. but I get your point. You're right. It's even worse. One, one, one player... <laughs> Makes you money, wins you games. Yes, you know, not you, not you, but but one, but at the high school level. Okay. Oh, I understand at the high school level, but, it's different. But, but that's another that's another thing because mm-hmm. if you look at high school sports across the country in Texas, well, that's barely high, high school sports. But it still is. So yes. my point is, is that you have to draw a line somewhere. Josh, what what's your thoughts on a? On a college football player making more than, let's just take these, let's take uh, mid-conferences where maybe it's possible that a college football player make more than the head coach of a team, Mm -hmm. right? What's your thoughts on that? Is that something that you think can be sustainable? And is it going to, what what will it do to the college football product of the amateurism to it? So I don't know if I'm missing something from the conversation, but I, I was... When the NID, NIL thing passed, colleges were not going to be involved in paying the players, correct? Yeah, I think he's just in general saying that the player could make more off of endorsements right. than the coach is getting paid by the college. Okay. So in a, in a, smaller, in a smaller school like maybe Toledo or – or central go fire up chips fire up chips um i went to bowling green so i can't say that let's go falcons (laughs) oh gross uh 
hey, I, I, I mean, your best intellectual property is you. Right. If you can make your, if you can make money off yourself, how much are they making off of you? True fact. So, I mean, I think this is where I think that this is good. It's not, and and they can't use the college in their, in their endorsements. They can't use their property. You can't right. use their name. You can't have yeah. a jersey. You can't have a jersey. Yeah. So right. it's all on you. Right. If you could do that, it just inspires creativity and capitalism and setting yourself up for a future that maybe, hey, I'm doing really good this year. I'm a junior looking to get go to the NFL. Senior year, I bust my leg out, lose everything. And you got money. But I got money. Look at Bryce Love. You got money. Great quarterback out of Stanford. Got hurt in the bowl game. You know, yep. it was going to be a first, second round draft yeah. pick in this career. So I think it provides a good, a good way to provide some comfort. And you are. Are you moving? <laughs> yeah, he is. It, was getting it got dark outside. <laughs> Can't see me anymore. So Ben, Ben, let me bring you back in on the conversation then. If, if this is all going to take place, I'm just posing the question. Should we just get rid of college football and just create a minor league system altogether? Because I think it's going to cause problems. And I, I don't think it's going to cause I, 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 let, me, let me just clarify. I don't think it's going to cause problems where it's going to go away. I just... What the hell are you doing, boy? We're eating Doritos, <laughs> Ben. Damn it, we're doing a podcast. No, this I, isn't uh, what's in Josh's mouth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. So, I again, I don't think it's going to go away, and it's always going to be looked at as a huge capitalistic success. That I'm not debating. I'm just saying why we love college football compared to the NFL right now is because of the joy of the fans. That doesn't exist as much when you look at the college basketball. I hear it all the time. College basketball compared to the NBA doesn't exist. They're all prima donnas. They're all divas. They're okay. all this, right? In college basketball, it's about the joy of the game. It ain't going to be that way when Joe Schmo is on ESPN because he got into an argument or he's whatever, and that was – I mean, don't get me wrong. It happens now, but there's still leverage by the coaches in the school now. I think there's still probably leverage. I'm, I'm sure – we're so early into this that we just – Yes. We don't know there's leverage. how this but, is going to unfold. But when you start questioning, like he was talking about, well, this player – it goes back to the Stevie Garcia quitting football that year. Yeah. In, in, in the middle they, of practice. In the middle of practice, and they brought him back the next it, day, we, and they yeah. claimed that if Daryl Barnes did the same thing, they would have treated him the same way, mm-hmm. and we all said bullshit. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Stevie Garcia, and I don't want to talk about Daryl Barnes, but I do want to talk about the, the skill set level and how we treat people differently based on that, and that rears its ugly head already. Now imagine if that person's worth – X amount of money for your thing. I think if you have a good culture in your college ro- locker room, that stays in place no matter what happens between if the quarterback's getting a million dollars and your four-string practice squad left guard slash punter is getting $50. I think if you have the culture in place, now in places that where the culture's had issues before, it's just going to exacerbate the problem. That's a great point. Uh, ben, well, what, are you still there? I can't even see you, bud. I, can you hear me? I can hear you. Let's just get – can my ca- I don't know why my camera died out. But anyway, so um, like <laughs> everything, evolution will happen, right? So in my mind, the way I feel about it is it's going to be an initial 
uh, positive into the league because you're going to start seeing players at the Alabamas and pretty much every SEC school and Ohio State start getting paid on endorsements and stuff until the local contributors to the boosters at University of Michigan can find sponsors for their players and things of that nature. And all of a sudden, kids are making money. There's going to be an initial positive, but then there will be that turn that divaism that that will come out and and you know my, this quarterback's a three million dollar quarterback you can't treat him like that in practice and things of that nature but then the coaching i feel will go through an evolution to where they all have to coexist kind of like it does in, in professional uh football um we i hope the issue we already have the issue right now with the one and done rule in the nba or in the ncaa and how they treat and how coaches look at how they're going to approach them in recruiting Imagine right. if a kid knows so, in high school that he's worth X amount of money before he's ever even signed. Are you going to tell Nick Saban to fuck off? Are you? Well, see, and, and, and this, is where, this is where it comes in. You look at like a Nick Saban, and uh, the players are probably not going to bark at him because they know, listen, if, if they make me not the guy on the field, no matter how much money I'm making, uh, my odds of making it to the pros to continue this path exactly. yeah. is best exactly. if it goes through Alabama, right? So we know that, um, exactly. you know, you, the, the South, the Southeastern central Midwestern Iowa Jackrabbits, hey, go, um, go are going to have a little bit go Jackrabbits are going to have a little bit harder of a time, um, in the sense that, you know, their, their, their production, if you got a diva on that field, yeah, they're going to be non-existent. So it, I, the, the herd will grow and then it will thin. It will, I'm unsure if it's going to go the positive way, Rob. I, I, I really don't know. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with the fact that if you can make it off your own likeness, go. But, you know, um, I, I, right now I would be interested to see how the league handles their social media presence and things of that nature. And I wouldn't be surprised if some things come along the way that dictate how they can go about making that money. I wanted to bring up that you were talking about the players possibly making more than the coaches. And then we brought up the Southeastern central state, uh, or I'm sorry, Iowa state Jackrabbits mm -hmm. and their, their players disrespecting the coach. I went to central Michigan when a guy named uh, Brian Kelly was coaching there. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Oh yeah. 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 Well, he had players like Dan Lefevre who was drafted to the bears um, stud out there, right? He yeah. was actually, <laughs> he was, he was a stud. Uh, Frank Zombo was a, a uh, linebacker. He played in the Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl with the Packers. Um, Antonio Brown was on that team. They had players that would have made money and possibly would have made more money than Brian Kelly. But Brian Kelly used those players pretty much as a stepping stone. He went from Central to Cincinnati. Right. And then from Cincinnati to a little school called Notre Dame, something, some, pronounced something like that. I don't know. He, he, I think it's a private school. Yeah, I, I've never... It's like the Disney movie you're talking about, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the Hunchbacks. The Fighting Hunchbacks. Hunchbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he went to he went on to coach for the Notre the Dame. Fighting Hunchbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and now he yeah, is making it. you know some of the top money in the country as the head coach there. These coaches use these players as stepping stones, and before they were just getting pushed down in the muck. Does it matter? Or does it make a difference that the coach went to? He's already done his time college he's done the whole thing he was the student and now he is the professional or because we're saying pay these kids which ultimately in the olympics they can't get paid because that makes them what 
professionals. So there's no longer an amateur status here anymore, right? If they're allowed to get paid for it. Didn't Rory McIlroy also compete in the Olympics? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Didn't Serena Williams <laughs> but, compete in the Olympics? But the Olympics couldn't pay them. So right. like they're the best athletes in the world in their country at their sport, right. but they weren't getting paid at that moment for that. Another league, maybe. To, just like, well, well, you know, quote unquote, on the, on the books. Yeah, Kevin you know, they're getting paid by their athlete. grand old. Uh, I can imagine that uh, good old USA and and how they promote the Olympics is somehow funneling you know undisclosed funds to the bank account somehow. But that's that's Maybe, here and or we there. could have that that discussion any day because there's no way. Of that's knowing. a whole different thing, right? There's no way right. of knowing. I'm just saying at the top, which level. which is how, but that's how college existed before because we all know that Shaq didn't get rich in Orlando; he got rich in college. <laughs> Everybody knows that, right? Reggie Bush and made his money in knows. L.A., not in New Orleans, right? So, and we also know that uh, uh, wardrobes, not just scholarships, vehicles parents houses things of that nature have been on and off books of some sort over right. the years amongst universities and colleges and just, uh ben, and now it's fear. being brought to the forefront so i just fear for the amateur the, the joy of the game right because yes. as much as the nfl is the number one product in the world right if you were yeah. to ask me what's more of a fun watch any NFL game versus or any big NFL game versus a big time eight o'clock Saturday night, you know, primetime college football game. I'm going to give you the primetime Saturday night game. That's my personal preference. Maybe, maybe it's not yeah. yours, but I just think there's so much joy in the crowd. Right. Well, well, here's the, here's the flip side. That's what I was going to bring up was the crowd in the NFL. You have these corporations that are paying thousands of dollars for season tickets. Yep. They, they give away to, you know, great investors or great customers of theirs who may or may not show up to the game. And even if they do, they don't give a damn. Right. With yeah, these half big... the time, they're not even there. Floor seats at the NBA games, they're not, they're not even showed up. If they do, they show up for a quarter or two and they're gone. Exactly. With these big NCAA games, you get people who are invested. Yeah. You get the student section, which is raucous, rowdy. It's an amazing Drinking place to be. Just absolutely. Yeah. It's an amazing place to be. And then if you're not in the student section, you know, you're rooting your ass off for one of those right. teams on that field because it's a college game. It just has a completely different atmosphere. Do you, do you think we'll lose that? I don't think I, we'll don't lose think we that will. field. Absolutely not. You don't? No. I do. Uh, ben, I'll give you the last take on that. We'll move on to the next one. What do you think? Uh, I, you know what? I think the crowd will change and, and the effect will change. Uh, but I think it will, over time, work itself out because I think teams – will get tired of dealing with the million-dollar quarterback who does not amount to anything in the NFL, and they so will be do an best. correction, and then it will kind of settle back down. Uh, yes, but we could. that could be like a, a five-year, 10-year, 20-year. <laughs> that I can't speculate on, but I would hope that it happens in a shorter period. Okay. Well, gentlemen, I got to tell you, so right now our YouTube, we're still live, and normally this is where I would cut off the YouTube and say, we're going on to the Spotify, but we're just going to keep rolling here. Um, I don't know if you guys got another 10, 15, 20 minutes with you, but I wanted to talk about All Bets Are Final. I wanted to sure. talk about your show. I want to talk about why we're doing the show in the first place. Um, just kind of talk to me a little bit about why you decide that for one day a week, every week, you're going to sit down with each other, you know, share some stories, give um, 
unsolicited and unqualified advice and opinions on <laughs> those, sports. Those two words are gold. Yeah, and they sum up everything about us. Yeah, <laughs> but it's great though because there's so much of that going along, and there's so many people that take themselves so serious in this world. It's fun to see mm -hmm. that you guys, you know, have a little fun with it with your opinions. Dylan, tell me um, why you love doing all bets or finals so much, or why you decide to do it. Just tell me a little bit about how it got going. Honestly, during the pandemic, um, I know I, you know, I do struggle with some mental health issues, sure. um, anxiety, depression. I've struggled with that for longer than has been diagnosed. And, you know, during the pandemic, I was around my family. So I had that support system, which was absolutely amazing. But I'm a social guy mm -hmm. and I missed a lot of stuff. I got a random text from my best friend. You know, Josh and I were, you know, I, we always call each other brothers from other mothers. <laughs> yep. um, I got a text that said, hey, do you know anything about NHL or baseball? Uh, NHL, do you know this guy? Yeah, I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know quite a bit about hockey, and I absolutely <laughs> love baseball. And he said, hey, I, I really want to do a podcast, man. It, you know, just something, something to kind of get our voices out there. And it was like a godsend. You know, one day a week, I get to sit down. We do it on Zoom, right? You know, just yep. because it's a lot easier. Uh, ben has a, a lot easier, right? <laughs> we came in here, broke everything. Uh, here. That was our goal. It was in the our goal. Josh. Ben has a newborn, and he's in Florida. Right. Uh, we call him Ben, Florida Man Kozab. Was I, the idea? Maybe we can cat out of the bag now. Was the idea to just bring Ben in as a guest the first week, and then? you're like, let's just make it happen. Cause I remember that yeah. first episode, it didn't seem like he is, it felt like I thought it was when I originally saw the packaging, it felt like Josh and Dylan show mm -hmm. and Ben was a guest spot. That was the original. I mean, cause I was like, Hey, do you want to do a podcast? He was in on it. I was like, let's have our first guest be Ben, another good man I know. Right. And he was in my wedding and, he, and Dylan was my best man. So like two perfect people to kick this thing off. Right. So, I get a hold of him, and he's all in for it. And if you notice in our first episode title, guest Ben Cozy. Yeah, I, that's that's why I brought it up, and I didn't so, know Ben caught that. And uh, <laughs> I got to thinking after we did that, I was like, let's make him full time. Because if we're gonna if we're gonna be a group of people doing a podcast, having fun about it, I want three people. It's a good them. dynamic. It's, yeah, Ben and I kind of clicked right off the bat. I mean, I had met the guy once for Josh's wedding. And then this, the kind of banter back and forth sure, just there. Yeah, yeah, it was just there automatically. Ben, and did you know that? Did you know you were going to be just so, a guest spot? Or were you kind of pining well, behind the scenes well, that, trying to get your name on the show or what? It was kind of like when Josh came to me and he was like, what do you think about doing this podcast? And I'm like, you know, we were at a busy time at work. I got this newborn. I'm thinking, I'm like, where can I stretch a couple extra hours a week? to get into this and it, it even even betsy was like yeah go do, go do it and she had no idea that it was going to be a weekly thing but uh and robert maybe you can't relate because you're not married but um after that first week after that first episode she noticed that my need to discuss unnecessary sports <laughs> stuff with her dropped yes. dramatically and she's like green light go it's like, she's like, you don't right. have to bring up to me anymore uh, things about the Undertaker. <laughs> I don't care. Well, yeah, that, James that... Winston's LASIK has done him. Ben. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. That's interesting. And uh, it's been great. It's been great. And I'm just honored because um, 
I couldn't imagine it do like Dylan and Josh run the show. I'm here to like poke some holes and some things, well, start some fights. That's not true. And, though, because uh, your format of the show is great. I like how you guys take a week to change who's going to host the show. Yeah, right. We rotate hosts. Really yep. cool. It gives, uh, like I said, it takes pressure off you. You can kind of just sit back and enjoy your drink of the day and just kind of see where the host wants the show to go that day. Um, I must admit that I would always start with the WWE stuff. Um, but that's, uh, that's because I have another podcast called Johnny Bing Bing show that hasn't done an episode in a year. So I don't know if I could even promote that, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's some therapeutic, therapeutic about sitting down. I like it in person because there's an energy thing, right? Mm -hmm. There can, is absolutely. Yes. We can feel this. And I wish that, and I hope that you guys get to a place if you do end up moving back home, uh, Ben, where you guys can get into the same room with each other, because I'll think that absolutely you're, you, you'll find that even, even more so mm -hmm. it will be that much better for you. Cause it's one thing to talk into a computer. It's another thing to be like, all right, man, have a good night. And to touch that person and say goodbye yeah. and shake his hand and hug him and the whole thing. It's yeah, it's great. You know, we got Ben that's like two, three thousand miles away from us in right. Florida, and then Dylan, you know, with his schedule, and he's got two kids, and me, I got nothing. Right, you know, but got, you got five kids. You got yeah, dogs. five dogs. Right, you know? five kids and twenty legs. There, man, that's a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and and I love it. And it, you know, I uh, the reason I wanted to do it was just literally just sitting watching HGTV with my wife and. Uh, like you know, I maybe I, I have some half cocked dumbass ideas, right? <laughs> we love them, and I share them with them. Yeah, this one just is like throwing the <laughs> sticky ball and see if it just lands on a freaking wall, right? And this one landed, and at the end of the day, uh, it's like you said, it's lighthearted. We do cover sports. Yep, we do cover bets, and um, and if anything, it's just getting away. For two hours yeah we sit down yeah we sit down right. with our buddies for two hours a week right have some drinks yep. shoot the shit talk sports which we all love doing right and have you know absolutely no problem giving our unsolicited sports opinions right uh, five for six on draft night is what i went with my, my <laughs> best on he's Fanduel. hanging his head hey, hanging his hat on that i'm hanging my head on that because that, that's the only thing i got right, right now. i think our boy ben is but you're back outside i can hear the crickets i didn't know if nobody was listening or yeah. if that was ben oh uh, i you can literally hear those things oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we can hear it that's great that's uh, great last couple minutes here uh i i just want to say that i I've known you guys, Dylan, you and I have gone back DX 2000 oh, days. Lord. Uh, Dylan, um, I don't know if I've, if I've ever said this to you, if I've, it's, it probably was just known, but like you were my best friend growing up. Oh, absolutely. And we spent our early elementary days, like just fooling around in the pole barn or like <laughs> with truff tennis roof oh, or God. a baseball tennis upstairs roof. in a yeah. place that had no lights. I mean, yeah. dangerous games we would play. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just to see us all as adults still trying to find a way to sit down, break bread, talk sports. I got to tell you, to be honest with you, um, I talk sports with so many different people that like that's why I don't often do it on this show, because this gives me a, a chance to itch some of those other itches that a lot of yeah. people don't like talking oh, yeah. about. Absolutely. Sure. You know, you start saying, hey, hey, Joe Schmo, how do you feel about transgender athletes in the Olympics? And they're like. Dude, I just want to talk about what the Lions did. Yesterday. Yeah, it makes people uncomfortable. It makes people mm -hmm. uncomfortable, right? And it makes them have to. And I think what they think they have to do is I think they think they have to take a stance one way or the other. And it's like, I'm not asking for that. I'm just saying 
let's work this out together. What mm-hmm. do you think? You know, um, Ben, I met you a few years back and, uh, you know, I, you are my number one go-to wrestling guy. Uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, when I get pissed off about something, I might just send you a random vent text <laughs> and I'm sure you're like, Gifford, just calm down. But <laughs> Hey, was that the first time you met him was when I brought him over for WrestleMania? Ben, was that, I, I feel like I met you. We, true? I thought, I think we had met, like we had crossed paths. We had crossed paths in so many instances, looking back, whether it was flag football out there and Adrian uh, or, or a bunch of BS at the universities or whatever. Like, I'm sure we had crossed paths multiple times. I remember see, you seeing you in football for sure, but like, for sure. We never, we never, never had a reason to stop and talk. That's right. Yep. And then when Josh uh, was in your guys' fraternity, I was blown away because it was like a small world. And that's kind of how we all got connected from there. Um, That's right. Guys, did you have anything special you wanted to talk about? Um, Because if not, we can, you know, do our hugs and kisses and say goodbye and send you guys off with a nice care package. I do have a question. Yeah, Ben, what's up? I do have a question for you, Robert. Oh, um, why have you not done an episode of Johnny Bang Bang Wrestling with all of what has been going on these last couple of months with WWE and AEW specifically and the potential of CM Punk coming out of the woodwork? Where have you been? Okay, so I, I will answer your question as best as I know how and as quick as I know how to do it. Um, the truth of the matter is, I am a, I've told you this, and I know you guys covered it on your last episode. Um, I am a diehard Vince McMahon guy. I'm a diehard, I am a loyal WWE guy. I do watch AEW. I do watch NXT. I do watch, I watch them all because I love professional wrestling. And I, it's kind of like, uh, I watch all the Ohio State games because I want to see them lose. Right. (laughs) And I hate to say that, but like when I, I, I'm also a realist. So like I'll watch AEW to watch them lose. But then when they have a win, I admit that it's a win. Mm-hmm. And that's very hard for me to do because they do lose quite a bit. It's like a lot of the characters I think are stupid. A lot of them are. And a lot of the ones that are working are the old WWE guys that they just didn't book right in WWE. Um, you know, John Moxley's doing well. Chris Jericho, I would argue, is probably the best he's ever been. But he's also very hard to watch wrestle anymore because he's way overweight. Um but that's a different, that's his character. That's the whole thing. To answer your question, Raw has been so unwatchable. And WWE has been so inconsistently when it comes to watching the product that I fast forward through so much of that DVR. Really? Because it's so hard to watch that I don't feel like I'm coming on the show, Ben. And would be doing justice as a host because I'm not watching the entire segments. Oh, I think this is where it gets good, though. And that, I'm going to stop you right there, Robert. You think and that is just... why that is why you need to do these episodes because you're heated and you're passionate about the fact that WWE is not where it should be right now. They are not performing to your expectations, and I want to know why. I want to know what you fast forward through that through that DVR episode, because I guarantee you, I probably fast forward through the same segment. And you can't see this right now, but this is hitting. It is. This is rocking his world right now. This is landing. Keep going, bud. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I know, I know that, 
that you are a Vince McMahon guy and a lot of decisions lately have been questionable. And you even in text messages to me have questioned your Vince McMahon loyalty of late. And I want to know the, the listeners want to know the wrestling world needs to know <laughs> what Johnny bang bang has to say about Bray fucking Wyatt. Uh, do you want me to tease like a show? Like, should I just say, okay, you've, you've been passionate. Listen, so we, need much that I, oh, yeah. we need to have an episode. We need to have an episode. Do it Because okay. I will buy your Johnny Bang Bang likeness and I will take <laughs> over if you don't. <laughs> well, how about this, Ben? Carve out another hour once a week and you and I can host that show together. Let's get to work on that. I think we can make right. that happen. We'll, are that or we'll do a weekly or a monthly where we can go a little longer and you that way, because I know you're a busy man. You just, I know you know, the family and everything, it doesn't have to be consistent, but like, I will find a way to get you on the show. Um, we need, guys, we need Johnny bang, bang going again, because that, that, that's what I'm missing. Dylan, Dylan, every time he. We lost Ben. Did we lost him. I'm sorry. I cut his feed because he was calling me <laughs> out for something. And I said, that is enough. I hope Ben. Did we yeah. I was going to say my phone shut off. I was like, oh, there you what go, happened? There you go. can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah. I was like, what, what, what happened? And my phone just went black. I'm like, those dicks. Um, uh, your, your phone but... is not the only thing that went black. Uh, I've lost every camera. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, and, and, I, and I've hit the camera button like 18. Only getting audio. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's wrap this up because it's been a technological nightmare for yeah. me today. But that's how we get better, right, guys? That's how we get better. Um, that's right. That's right. All bets are final. Um, when can they catch your show? Where can they catch the show? Josh. So uh, we do record on Tuesday nights, okay. and then uh, it's usually uploaded on Wednesdays or Thursdays okay. on Buzzsprout. Uh, we do have a Facebook page. And Spotify. We're also and on Apple Podcasts. Um, Apple Podcasts. Everywhere we get podcasts, yep. we, we, we are. Yeah, you need to, and all bets are final. Okay, yep. all bets are final. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we, you know, we're just doing this and we're having fun yeah. with it. Facebook page, uh, Facebook all bets are final at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email, tell us how stupid we are. Tell us how much <laughs> yeah. money we cost they you do, on FanDuel. They'll do a, a segment on the emails portion of it. So. Absolutely. And we're still, still waiting for that first email. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 ben, we plugged it like eight times in one episode, maybe even more. We're still... And if you think you like this episode, please go back to all bets or final podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how we did and go to our Facebook page and give us a like. I love how Josh is looking into a camera. That's not, I don't know what I'm looking at. So we, 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 we went <laughs> off the rails here. Hey, uh, check them out once a week. They'll have a show, uh, Spotify, Buzzsprout, uh, Apple podcast, check them out Wednesday, Thursday. They'll be uploading that 160 likes right now on Facebook and climbing. And they haven't been up on there that long. Um, very happy that you guys are on the show today. We ben, thank you enough. Ben, us. thank you for taking time out of your day. I know this was a, you're on vacation, so it wasn't uh, that easy of a thing to do. Um, appreciate you being on the show, buddy. To be honest, I need a vacation from the vacation, but it's more of an honor being a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Vacation can be work at the end of the day. Uh, Dylan, thanks for being on the show. Josh, thanks for being on the show. You thank guys, you. I'll give you the last thank word. You. Go ahead. Uh, no, thanks for having us here. I uh, really appreciate it. Love you, brother. We've known each other for quite a while, so appreciate it. Yeah, we fought in the, well, not in the trenches on the football field, but we fought together on the football field. <laughs> on and, the same side, for sure. Yeah, and um, I, I, you know, you, you did us a solid favor. And you, you got a hold of us, and you said, hey, come on. 
and we can't thank you enough for it, and we really appreciate it. All right, y'all. I said I'd give him the last word, but I lied. Bobby Talks, subscribe. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the other side. Peace.